I'm Master Life Coach and Chief Curator of Embrace You Training Solutions and the Lead Trainer of Embrace You Coaching. So today we have a guest today on the show, uh, Miss Angie Brown. Say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. So she started commenting back and forth on one of the shows and we was having some real good conversation. I was like, <laughs> I like her. Never met her, but I just like the her spirit. So as me and Angie, we've been talking and we've been discussing it. That is some of the stuff that we've been talking about, how you take and turn uh, the curve midlife. When you make that decision that, you know what, I done gave away too much of me to other people with not a whole lot in return. So now this time I'm going uh, to invest in me. So Angie, would you introduce the people? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, my name is Angie Brown. Uh, I've been in customer service for over 20 years and um, have a beautiful daughter. She'll be 13 in a couple weeks. And I manage a Facebook group called Remove the Tea. God gave me an assignment a few years ago and he told me to remove the tea. I always said I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that because it was embedded in my spirit when I was a little girl. You know, I was told that. And uh, he told me to remove the tea and so I created a Facebook group and that's what we do. We remove the tea and our motto is you can, period. That's it. That's it. And that's why you add the tea because all the little girls be like, period. <laughs> No. We <laughs> <laughs> Period. So, Angie, um, at what point did you decide to start your support group on Facebook? Um, it was about. I started it in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, started in 2017 after I was encouraged to do so. Um, by um. Tracy Henderson Smith. Okay. Yeah, I was a part of a group, uh, her group, uh, Living Power Now. Living Power Now. Yes, mm-hmm. and she uh, she always encouraged us to do it scared and, you know, yes. to follow your dreams and do what it is that you want to do. And so uh, that was, that pushed me to start the group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did anything in particular happen that made you decide... It's not for, time for me to live for me. It was the, the the point that changed my thinking, changed my life, and changed the trajectory of my life was when she, she stated on a live, uh, no locked doors. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, it, it rose up something in my spirit. Okay. And uh, I was like, okay, I can do this. Okay. You know, I can, Period. All the way, and so that's that's what I've been doing. So, um, I know that you've had some obstacles in life, I know that you've been through some things. Uh, can, can we discuss it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you are a two time cancer survivor. Yes, talk a little bit about that journey. That journey, um. You know, I I think that God, if God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I was diagnosed with leukemia in 2018. Um, just was having some side pains and leg pains and went to the ER. And um, 
they actually sent me home. They gave me a shot and sent me home. Mm -hmm. And the next morning I had several missed calls and they wanted me to come back in. And that's when they told me I had cancer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Life changing. Yes. So what was that journey about? <sighs> it was a journey. Mm -hmm. I'm a single parent. So it was real tough. Um, I started chemo right away, like mm -hmm. two days after being admitted to the hospital. Mm. And, um, of course, trying to find out, you know, find care for my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot, but it also was a, it was an eye opener because I learned a lot about people, mm -hmm. about relationships, mm -hmm. and um, God opened my eyes up to a lot so-called friendships mm. you know a lot of people that I thought were instrumental in my life really they got ghosts mm. I got ghosted so I learned a lot about me mm -hmm. during that journey so what's some of the things you learned about you I learned that I do a lot for everybody else mm -hmm. and I don't do a lot for myself and so now I'm at a point in my life where I'm taking care of me. Mm -hmm. So why do you think um, that has been um, a lesson? Like, was there something in particular that caused you to be able to see that it was now time for you to start focusing on you? Um, I think it was a combination of things, uh, especially, you know, working um you know, the job is still getting done, whether mm -hmm. you're there or not. Mm -hmm. You know, you put your all into something and you stayed along hours, worked the overtime. And when you're gone, it still gets done. Mm -hmm. And that's the same in a lot of my relationships. I realized that me not being there, life was going on as usual. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like, okay. So I've spent all my time putting efforts into everything else everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. And not what I needed to be doing. So why do you think that was something that became your story? Hmm. I think, I mean, because it's part of my journey. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not really, I'm not really sure how to answer that. So has there been a time in your life where you at some point did not want to disappoint people so in terms you started accepting the disappointment for, for you and not for others I think my past mm -hmm. and everything that I went through as a child it it played a lot into me wanting to do for everybody else. Okay. So what does that look like? What did you go through as a child? I went through a lot as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I was abused. Mm -hmm. um, you know, dealt with a, a mother that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. You know, she was in prison most of my life. Um, I think she went to prison when I was in sixth grade, came home the year I graduated high school. You know, so I lived with the my grandmother was mm -hmm. very abusive. There was four kids, but 
I was the I was the one that took the brunt of everything. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like to me that you suffer from abandonment issues. I do. So I found out um, through years of experiences that oftentimes people who deal with abandonment issues don't want to tell people no because they're afraid that they're going to leave. Sounds like what? That would be accurate. Mm -hmm. So we oftentimes overgive to others and undergive to us in fear of being abandoned. Mm -hmm. One thing about abandonment issues, it will cause you um, to not just abandon, I mean to feel abandoned, but it will also cause you to reject things quickly in fear of being abandoned. Have you found yourself doing that, especially like when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendships? Um, because like our mothers teach us how to be friends. And when that aspect isn't there, it's like that relationship woman to woman seems to be challenged. Do you think that you had that happen as well in your life? Absolutely. I mean, I, I get into a point now. I'm originally from Pensacola. Okay. Um, I moved to Jacksonville in 20, no, 2003. Mm -hmm. So I've been here, what, almost 18 years now. And um, I really didn't know what sisterhood and, you know, affirmations, what that looked like mm -hmm. until I came here and God started surrounded me with some women that really, really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, those issues, especially with my mother, it plays a lot into me not wanting to, sometimes I have a hard time saying no to my own daughter, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want her to lack mm -hmm. where I lacked. So is it you don't want her to lack what you lack or you don't want her to abandon you? Well, I I don't want her to experience the things that I went through. So I think I try to keep her away from a lot of things. Okay. So, and the reason I ask that because I did some of that myself. Um, my daughter, she was sexually assaulted and... I kind of took on the guilt of some of that. Uh, as a mother, you know, as a parent, you want to protect your children, but there are sometimes things that happen that you just don't um, have the ability to protect them from. So I overgave to try and compensate from it. One of the things that I've identified is that spoiled children become spoiled adults. Spoiled children also become adults without boundaries. And they expect that everybody is supposed to give unto them the way we did. Everybody ain't going to do that. Right. People in the street and in the world, and they don't care nothing about you. Right. You know, and so they struggle with being able to deal with people simply because of the way we taught them how to deal with people. So I get it. I get it. My, I learned hindsight that my daughter's love language was quality of time. So even all the things that I gave her, it didn't make her feel love because it wasn't the things that she wanted. It was me. 
Um, and I discovered that. Once I discovered it, I was like, man, I could have saved myself thousands of dollars. Heartache and pain. Right. When all she wanted to do was just get in the car and go get a slushy up the street. So, um, taking the time to make sure that we do, we're doing things in a healthy manner because when we are abused, when we've had traumatic experiences, we either gravitate to them or gravitate far from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the far from it is just as unhealthy as gravitating to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to touch back on something when we were talking about the abandonment. So while you are giving everything to everybody else, do you realize that you are now abandoning you? Yes. I see that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely see that now. Mm-hmm. So... In an effort to recreate what that narrative is, what do you think some things that you would be able to do that would help you to be able to um, gauge it better as for what you should do and what you shouldn't do? Well, I think really taking some time to work on me, mm-hmm. investing in me, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just investing in me mm-hmm. and doing some of the things that I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we didn't have this conversation beforehand. And the post that I made, our quote for the week is, every yes you give to somebody mm-hmm. is a no to you. So, You've mm-hmm. got to identify whether or not that no is worth what it costs. Right. Anytime you do something for somebody, it's going to cost you either time, money, or resources. None of which you can get back. When you give someone time, no matter what you do, you can't get no more time. Um, Money and resources, once you use them, you'll get more, but you can never get back what you've spent. So you've got to think about, when I say this, yes, what is it going to cost me? Mm -hmm. When I say this, yes, what am I not going to be able to do for me? I've been on this campaign now for probably about three years of telling people self-love ain't selfish. Yes, ma'am. Biblically, when the scripture says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, uh, grammatically, the part that's at the end, is what has to be done first. So you've got to love you in order to be able to properly love your neighbor. Because we can only give people up to the level of what we already have. When you begin to identify who you are, what you are, what your gift is, what your purpose, um, what you have to offer, then you're able to better gauge it for other people. Because you'll start to look at people differently. You'll start to um, identify and, and what their value is. And is this somebody I really want to have in my circle? Or is this somebody I really just need to release? And you just go about your little merry way. Right. Um, how determined are you to give you? Very. Very. And by giving you you, what's going to be in it for you? Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God has instructed me to get my house in order and to prepare 
and whatever's coming is gonna be major. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's been our thing. Yes. Major. Yes. Jaquela Carr. I can hear it. I can see it. I can feel it. It's gonna be major. I know. <laughs> that's been our thing. If you go back on my page and you look through, you will sporadically see things. Um, see posts that says it's major. Girl, you were so in the vein because throughout what we've gone through, throughout things that have transpired in our lives, it's at a point now that we're in a pivoting shift. We're at a point now where there's a wave coming in. One or two things going to happen. You're either going to catch the wave and roll with it or that wave going to take you You're under. under. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I know this wave is major. Yes. So, do you have you ever heard of the five love languages? I've heard of it. I have not read the book. Okay. Yeah, but I have heard of it. So, I want to challenge you to read that book. Okay. And the reason I say that is because um, I wrote a journey, a journey journal called the 21 Day Journey to Self-Love. I'm going to sew one of those in your life. I wonder if I got one in the car. I mean, if not, I'm going to give it to you. Um, in that, every day has like a different thing. Uh, every day has a different activity as well as a, um, a journal entry that you do. But day one says, I'm completely in love with me. That was where I started my journey to self-love. And identifying what my love language was helped me to understand how I give and receive love. So it helped me to understand how I needed to speak love to me. So there are five love languages, and my love language is an act of service. So my expression of love is the things I do. I'm extra. I live in Extraville. <laughs> so it's my being extra uh, to people is how I say I love you. It's me going above and beyond. It's me doing things um, that are special or extraordinary that helps me to say to people, um, I love you. But I had to learn to speak that to me. So when it came to other people, I gave them everything. My act of service to them was everything. My act of service to me was nothing. So I'm I'm trying to get other people to know and identify how much I love them when I'm not doing it for me. So taking the time to identify what my love language was helped me to see how I needed to better love me. So what I started doing was doing acts of service to me. Where I always celebrated everybody else, I started celebrating me. I was sharing with you earlier, I did a 40th birthday party. I literally had three birthday parties that weekend. (laughs) I celebrated me like no, not one. In return, it began to build up uh, my love for me, uh, me being where I want to be, me embracing who I am. And now I'm at a point that I can rightly love other people because I want to identify how, how do you speak love? 
how do you receive love? And in doing so, you're able to better love people. I want to challenge you to read that book, um, as well as I'm going to sow into you that 21-day journey. Thank you. So if there was something that you could say to encourage someone who has um, been abused, someone who has been a two-time cancer survivor, someone who is at that point in life that they know they've got to make them a priority, what would you say to them? I would tell them that do it. Um, just do it. It's You've already given so much of yourself to everybody else. Show that same love to yourself. And when you do, it's it's freeing. Mm. It's freeing. Mm -hmm. It's um, liberating. And it, just do it. Yeah. That's what Nike said. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yep. That is so important. Um that we make that decision to start doing. I often say to people, um, change is one decision. Like we look for 12 steps, five steps, eight steps, a book, a conference, mm -hmm. a prophecy, a laying on the hands and all of that to, to change when change is one decision. Changing is a process, but you gotta at least make that one decision right. that you're gonna change. I want to also encourage you to identify what your daughter's love language is because that's going to also be helpful for you to make sure that instead of just giving her what you didn't have, that you give her what she really needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important. I'm telling you, I'm like, if I'd have found out, identified that her love language was quality of time, I would not. <laughs> I've been doing all the spending that I was doing right. trying to uh, right. compensate for my absence because it wasn't the presence she wanted. It was my presence. Mm -hmm. Thank you all again for joining. Come, let's sit down and talk. We thank our guest today, Miss Angela Brown. Thank you for having me. Join us again on next week as we will be uh, having another guest, we will be enjoying the conversation and the quality time that we spend here today. Again, I am Coach Michelle Kennedy, Master Life Coach and Chief Curator of Embrace You Training Solutions. Have a good evening. With Embrace You, I found a career. At Embrace You, I found a family. At Embrace You, I found me. Are you the strong friend who's always giving advice? Are you the one always mentoring and coaching? Have you thought about being a certified life coach? Because here at Embrace You, we have room for you and our family. I am Embrace You. I am Embrace You. I am Embrace You. And you can be Embrace You.